Hello, everyone. My name is Marcel Reyes, and this is the first episode of the Revealing Ourselves podcast. I'm very excited today, and I'm here with our first guest, Josue Zamitis. Before I introduce Josue, I just wanted to share a couple words regarding the Revealing Ourselves podcast. The main reason why I decided to do this podcast is because I really felt there was a need for a place where people could express who they truly are. And what I mean by that is that I want to provide a safe space for people to tell their life stories, the evolutions that they have been through, the challenges, and what lessons have they learned that they could share and help us be a better person or help us in our own challenges in our own lives. So I really appreciate all your support so far, and I really think you'd be surprised on how impressive and fantastic Josue's story is. Josue, would you love to introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Josue Samitis. I am a recent graduate from Texas State University. I studied electrical engineering. I was born in Mexico City, Mexico, and I now live happily married to my wife, Rebecca Martinez, in Austin, Texas. Oh, thank you so much, Jose. That was a great introduction. And now I'd love to ask you a couple questions. Let's start from the beginning, right? You're originally from Mexico City, right? How was growing up in Mexico City? Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, from the beginning, my first memories of living in Mexico City are just growing up with my family members, growing up with a lot of cousins, with my older brother. Um, it was a big, it's a huge city, so it was very much that city life. Uh, you know, you can't be outside after dark. You gotta always be with someone, you know, they always tell you as a child, like, don't stray too far or somebody might steal you. It was always that protective feeling I got from my mom and my, my dad, especially my dad. It was Otherwise, it was fun. I played a lot of soccer with water bottles, whatever we could find when I was little. Mm-hmm. You know. And when, when did you move to America? I moved to the U.S. when I was seven mm-hmm. and about to turn eight years old. And I imagine that wasn't your decision, right? Like, that, no. Was that your parents' decision? It was. It was. It was a separation between my mom and my father. Mm. Uh, my, my father was uh, an alcoholic and my mom decided to leave him and oh. move to the U.S. because my brother is an American citizen and my mother decided to keep us together. So we followed and moved to the U.S. Was, was that something that at that time you were excited to or... Did you want to just stay in Mexico City? You know, I... You're very young, right? Yeah, my understanding of it at that young age was not super deep. It was more mm-hmm. of like an adventure. Like, yeah. I'm going to a foreign country. This yeah. is going to be fun. Yeah. There was this strange perception that it was going to be not permanent. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't, we weren't meant to live here for a very long Mm -hmm. time. We were just like going and then eventually going to come back. Yeah. But yeah, it was, I wasn't scared. It was, it was interesting. It was just more of the adventure. The part that was trippy came after that actually, because I I moved to the U.S. I lived here for three years Mm -hmm. and then we moved back. And the reasons for that, uh, I always thought my mom was giving my father a second chance, Mm -hmm. but in recent conversations, I have found out that it wasn't necessarily for that reason. Yeah. It was my mom needed time to like find herself and fix things in her life that she needed to do and she couldn't do that here. Yeah. Because of the language barrier, because of the culture. Mm-hmm. 
and she just had an easier time seeking therapy and finding what she needed in Mexico. Eventually, I did end up coming back to the U.S. and living here permanently. I've been here ever since, mm -hmm. but I lived in Mexico for two years. During those years, I didn't know what was going on. I thought my parents had gotten back, back together. Mm. As a boy growing up, I was rebellious. I yeah. wanted to stand up to my father, so I didn't feel as close to him, but it turns out that my mom wanted to move back to the U.S. That right there that was one of the toughest moments in my life because my mother and my father asked me to decide who i wanted to live with wow. and as a 13 year old kid it was like a, such a weird decision damn and i approached it for a, a very practical way i yeah. was like okay if i stay in mexico i just it'd be my dad and myself that's two if i go to the u.s it'd be my mother my brother and i and that's three well three is better than two so oh. i might as well go with my mom so you, you felt that was a, a pure mathematical choice that you did? Like, yeah, you, really? I really do. Wow, that's incredible. So so let's just take a step back. You lived seven years in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Then you moved to the U.S. Correct. Spent about two and a half years, three years in the U.S. Two years. Three years in the U.S. Then you moved back to Mexico. For two years. When you moved back to Mexico, did you feel you wanted to stay more in the U.S.? Like you felt, oh, why are we moving back? I mean, no kind of adapted here in those three years you're like you're like thank god we're moving back to mexico i really miss that place i did miss it a lot because i mean that's, that's where i grew up of course I was, I was taught a lot of pride of being mexican yeah and from where i'm from but i wasn't like i'm dying to go back i was just sure. like cool we're going back yay mm -hmm. And it was it was still an adventure. Like I was yeah. so young. To me, I did not comprehend to what extent these changes were going to form my character, my yeah. my perception of people. You know, now that I'm much older, I have a completely different perspective and mm -hmm. have a better understanding of how those things help me and a little bit of how they hindered me. The culture in Mexico, it can be a little more sexual in a way, a little more mm -hmm. focused on like trying to grow up faster than you need to, you know? Yeah, I'd love to explore that more. Like coming from Mexico and having this experience of like being able to come here to the US young and then go back to Mexico with a different cultural perspective. Like what do you remember or what do you consider today that were the main cultural differences from someone that might have been completely raised in the US culture and someone who might be completely raised in Mexican culture as their founding culture. I mean, from wanting to have a girlfriend right away, mm -hmm. you know, in the sixth grade, as opposed to here, people are just like starting to talk about it. Really? And in Mexico, they're like, oh, I have like two girlfriends. Okay. Or I have yeah. three girlfriends. You know, it's yeah. like a, something you like boast about and mm -hmm. not necessarily something they do or I, that I learned here in the U.S. as much. Another thing was the way you attract girls here to over there is a little different. Here it was more of a, a materialistic thing like, oh, does he wear these type of clothes? Does he own like really nice things? Does the he dress? Flex. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And in Mexico, it's a different flex. It's more like, can he dance? Mm. Uh, you know, does he smell good? And also, <laughs> the big difference in school is in Mexico, you wear uniforms. Okay. Over here, you can dress however you want. Yeah, that's true. So over here, I was dressing super gangster, wearing jinkos and like these really baggy pants with bit oversized t-shirts. And then uh -huh. in Mexico, 
I had to go iron my pants <laughs> and my button-up wow. shirt and wear a vest. <laughs> like everyone else. Vest. Yeah. Yeah. Like and everyone else. Exactly. Wow. So that's one major difference. I did end up blending in eventually. So that's the trick, right? Like mm-hmm. once you move, you have to like learn to blend in and like yeah. relearn the culture. And part of it was really tough because in Mexico City, you if you don't fight, you get picked on a lot. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't want to fight, you have to defend yourself. And, and do you feel that there, the police is less reliable than here? Oh. Like here, you wouldn't get jumped by two people totally. from, from your school. Like you never yeah. felt that way here. Yeah, here, if you got in a fight, in the town that I live in, it's a very mm-hmm. small, suburban, white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Depending on how the fight went, there would have been charges pressed. Like you would have gone to a juvenile detention center or something. And in Mexico, nobody cared. <laughs> so, so, so there is a little bit more. You deal with your own problems. You yeah. can't count on the system that much. And here, yeah. it's like if you get in a minor trouble, it might really go to jail as exactly. as, a, as a young teen, right? So exactly. the, the stakes are way higher if you want to get into yeah. trouble here. And and the fights were very common. Everybody would join to watch fights. Like wow. that's where the fights happen. Kids fight. Yeah. Teenagers fight. Yes. Wow. Like girls guys almost every single day there was a fight there and there was like two or three professors that would go out of their way and go break up the fights because they already knew the kids were crazy and i never fought there because i would just go home Mm -hmm. i never wanted to be involved in that but they would follow me home you're not seeking for trouble but they were still trouble still follow you home yeah so that was it after that that's where i started to learn how to dance merengue and oh wow And that's how I tried to attract girls when I was that young. We would would dance merengue. You tried to go, you know, to that dance side to try to (laughs) calm down from the fighting a bit. Yeah. Well, I never really wanted to fight. It was just, uh, it was like a necessity. (laughs) Do you feel that like having to defend yourself from those bullies and, you know, not being able to count with the system, you know, police, professors, whatever, like, did that change you in any way when you moved back to the U.S.? Like you felt like you were a different person or like what, what were the ramifications on that on your life? I think the only thing that did for me was help me gain confidence in myself. Okay. And not be intimidated by someone just because they're bigger than me yeah. or faster than me okay. or something. But other than that, I don't, I don't think there's much you can gain. Yeah. Life. Yeah. And, and let me ask you something like. How much do you think that confidence was important for you to be where you are today? Mm, I think it's very important. I think that confidence has been one of the things that has helped me achieve many of the, <clears throat> many of the things I have done today, like being hired in so many jobs I've had. I've had so many different jobs that I got hired for mm-hmm. based on the way I present myself, my comfort level when yeah. I speak to someone. I eventually became very successful as a waiter or server and bartender mm-hmm. because I have such an easy time talking to anybody. Hmm. I it's not hard for me to start a conversation, listen to someone and, you know, give them a piece of me as well to kind of start some report. Do you feel feel that that's something that you classify as something that will be your gift, that ability to so easily interact and, and befriend others? I, yeah, I think so. You know, I did the whole serving thing and bartending for over 10 years. And in that process, I I became a trainer in multiple different mm-hmm. 
companies and it was more apparent that it's not as easy as it seems because to me it just comes naturally I, yeah. I am very I'm a natural at going up to a stranger and being like hi how are you how's yeah. your day and not everybody has that confidence yeah a lot of people struggle with uh self-consciousness yeah. with what what do I even say yeah things like that and uh, to me it just comes naturally so I think mm-hmm. yeah I, I could call that one of my gifts what would be the advice that you give to people who struggle, like, you know, because of those reasons are, are, are different than the ones you cited? Well, whenever I was training and I asked people to start conversations and such, and they were like, I, well, I don't know what to talk about. I would tell them my story. When I first started, I was very shy about approaching people mm-hmm. in the restaurant setting, but I went the route of studying. I started to study okay. or read books about social interactions. I ended up reading something about body language which i think is one of the the key things in the conversation Mm -hmm. that you that can help you connect with someone yeah and other than that is observation i think observation is your number one clue on whether someone's approachable you know body language you have to start recognizing people's facial gestures yeah so i would just say be observant and just don't be afraid to be vulnerable whenever you're starting a conversation with someone it's it's yeah. much easier to have a conversation if you approach it by telling them something about yourself like as simple as like hi my name is Josue mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. my name and if I you feel like it. sharing a little bit about yourself is the best way to go about it because you're already giving them something and now they are not mm-hmm. going to feel so intimidated by who right. you are or everything right so Josue, just so we can continue with our story after you moved back to Mexico You said there was a second separation, then your mom eventually moved for the second time to America. How how old were you on that? Uh, 13. You were 13 years old when you were back to, and you've been in the U.S. since then, right? You have not moved back to Mexico. Correct. So how many years was that ago? How how old are you now? So I am 33 years old and I was 13. So that was 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. And tell us how, how were these past 20 years of your life? I know it's a lot of story, but like. Tell us the biggest thing, because you said you were 10 years in the serving yeah. industry, right? Yeah. And I don't I don't think you are in the industry anymore, right? No. no, no Can no. you share a little bit more about that transition? From the beginning, I would have to say I was an immigrant. Uh, my brother was born in California. Between him and my mom, I think uh, they just didn't foresee the need of filing to get me uh, residency or yeah. citizenship. So for the longest time, I was just ignorant of the fact of what I was, you mm-hmm. know, from a, from a legal standpoint in sure. the U.S. Yeah. I didn't, it wasn't until I turned 18, left high school, that little like protective cover, uh, you know, that where I didn't under, I didn't need to understand that I was this an illegal you. immigrant. Right. And I was working illegally where I could, wow. you know, yeah. And that's why I started in restaurants. I mean, I also worked at a metal fabrication company. I worked as a foreman for a landscaping company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to have a license because I, when my mother brought me t- into the country, we came in legally. We didn't cross the border illegally. Yeah. So that make a, made a big difference. It made it easier for me as an immigrant in some spots, but not in the way that I could have gainful employment easily. Yeah. You know, I had to only take jobs that would be okay with that. Yeah. Or, you felt I didn't have a lot of opportunities because yes, of that. 
Correct. Did you wish to to have a pathway to 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 residency or citizenship? Like at that time, was that something that you would pursue? How could I legalize myself? Like I, right. I don't want to be living this life. Like it wasn't a comfortable life for yourself. Right. right? But, uh, I mean, I will have to admit I was ignorant. Yeah. I didn't know how that could be done. Sure. I mean, my family didn't either. So I just continued to live the way I knew mm -hmm. and and just worked yeah worked a lot it's the land of opportunity here in america everybody has this thought of it of that but people don't realize that in order to be successful in america you have to work a lot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to spend a lot of your time working and that was never a problem for you right well i take a very strong work ethic from my mother my mother has always worked mm -hmm. three to i think at one point she had four jobs because she was wow like making food and selling it out of her house at one point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always saw her work so hard. So to me, it was just like normal life to work hard. And at some point you decided to, to leave the serving industry to try to do something else, right? Right. Well, being a legal immigrant, I always wanted to go to college, but the price for school here in the U.S. is incredibly high yeah. as a, an immigrant. So I did not go back to school until I moved to Austin. I moved to Austin. That's the first time I moved away from my family and was living in a place where I didn't have anyone. So yeah. I felt more free to just do my own thing. And that's when I started contemplating going back to school. It was either stay there, work really hard, make a lot of money and move back to Mexico so I could go to college. Okay. Because that was my plan at one point or stay here and try to make it like save that money and try to make it into college here as an immigrant so so tell me why going back to college became so important to you like how old you were and why that idea was so big that you contemplated going back to mexico or saving so much to do it in the u.s well one of my favorite things uh growing up has always been reading and learning for me to be able to reach my full potential i had to educate myself as much as possible and my father went to college and uh, growing up a lot of people would i wouldn't necessarily say admire him but he would carry some sort of respect respect or people would take him more seriously mm -hmm. or so i think i wanted something like that for myself i mean he didn't finish his degree so to me i i wanted to do that in order for me to reach my full potential it was very important to me to go to college try to learn something i mean i know there's way more to life than just working so sure. in a way it was a blessing that i didn't end up going back to college until much later i mm. i didn't have a chance to go back up until president obama instituted the dream act and w when was when you wanted to go to college when was the the year or like how old are you when, when that idea started like getting stronger in your mind uh since high school uh, since yeah. high school yeah wow. since in high school my favorite classes were physics and i didn't even like math this is the funny yeah. part i hated math i, I didn't <laughs> like high school, it yeah i wanted to be an engineer yes that's funny but that's because i love physics i like chemistry yeah. and my favorite parts of that class were solving it problems that was a lot of fun to me so mm. From that experience, I learned that I wanted to build things, not necessarily like houses or stuff, but yeah. devices. I wanted to be part of finding solutions for whatever. 
Fast forward to Austin, I start to really think of like what things really make me happy. And of course, like any teenager in the 2000s, I love video games. I've yeah. always liked electronics. I've always been really interested in how electronics work. Like anything like that was super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking like, I love electronics. Why don't I study that? Why don't I yeah. go learn how to do that? So that's where the idea to become an electrical engineer came from. Okay. And then, you know, once the moment, the year that President Obama signed the DREAM Act, I signed up, filled out all the paperwork. And within two months of him signing the DREAM Act, I had a work permit, a legal work permit for the wow. first time in my life. And I signed myself up to community college. So you, you had to wait over 10 years to be able to finally Just be able to apply for college in It's your life. It's nine years. No, seven years. I'm seven sorry. years. It was seven years, almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So seven years you you held that idea yeah. very close to your heart. And you're just yeah. like, I wonder if something will happen that will allow me to do that. Right. And because one of the U.S. presidents decided to pass <laughs> a legislation that yeah. gave you status, legal status as an immigrant in the U.S., right. you were able to do that dream. Correct. Isn't that crazy to you? Like, does that make you feel, you know, how, uh, how yeah. does that make you feel? I feel very fortunate. I definitely think that that should be available to more people. Mm -hmm. I think it completely changed my life. I mean, as an immigrant, you live with this fear in the back of your mind, even though I myself was very fluent in English. How how old were you when you joined college? Twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. What would be the message that you would say that for people that are contemplating going to college for the first time, no matter wh where they are in their lives, uh, but especially those that might be past the twenty five mm -hmm. year old, they're like, oh, am I too old for college? Is, is right. this still an option for me? Like, what would you say to those people? Don't limit yourself based on a number. Like that's all it is it ages a number you know life is more about quality and experiences and uh, changing your perspective right one of my newfound passions in life or ways to help people is to support and help non-traditional students that are contemplating going back to school or even to the point of helping them get through school when i was at texas state i became the vice president of an organization called non-traditional student mm -hmm. organization and that's all that organization is about is to help any It could be yeah. someone that works full time and is a transfer student from a community college mm -hmm. and they're still 18, but they don't fit in. They still want to better themselves. Gotcha. So we gave them a place, a community that makes them feel more at home. They meet people more like them mm -hmm. that are also in that struggle or in that different mind state where you don't want to go party on the weekends, right? You yeah, just yeah. stay in and cook something cool. <laughs> and, you, and you feel, yeah, you felt happy helping those people out navigate yeah. college. Yeah, most definitely. That that was a extremely rewarding experience to help and they can feel more at home. It's just having someone being like, you got this, mm -hmm. you can do this, mm -hmm. just really helps people get past any little hump. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure a lot of people that might listen to us and are thinking about going to college or going back to college, they might not even realize that there will be an organization or at least a couple individuals willing to help them out as well, right? right? They, 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 it's not going to be just them by them themselves right like right. a lot of people don't even know that these sort of organizations exist 
Yeah. And their whole purpose is to help them out. So I think that's a very important piece that like you're able to participate in that yeah. brought you so much joy because that's fantastic. It, it is nice when you're looking for a internship, you know, mm -hmm. that was a big hump I had to get through, but I had a lot of help. My wife pushed me really hard. I, ha I have a good network of friends mm -hmm. that helps push me and motivates me. So I took this decision to go on a conference go meet employers. Like it doesn't, it didn't matter that I was much older. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just went and did it, tried it, interviewed. I mean, the whole interview process and studying like that is grueling work. It yeah. takes, it's like a full time job to look for work. I was successful and I landed an internship with Texas Instruments, which is what I am now. I'm an incoming marketing engineer for Texas Instruments. Congratulations. I'm Thank you. Very happy to hear. Uh, we starting very soon and they don't even care. Like nobody's like, oh, you're much older than the yeah. last guy. Like yeah. nobody's going to say that. Yeah. Nobody's going to even comment. They're just there to see what you can do with your mind. Yeah. How do you analyze problems? How do you present yourself? Are you easy to communicate with? You know, like that's all they're looking for. Yeah. They're looking for good candidates that they think would help their team be better. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are. At least in my case, I didn't feel like any anything that I was as a, an immigrant, uh, uh, a male or, or older, much older than mm -hmm. uh, almost 10 years older than some of the kids there. That didn't matter. They were just interested in what I knew, what I studied, yeah. how I approached uh, the questions. So a lot of people that might have this stigma that you know, yeah. oh, am I too old? Am I going to compete with people that are years in advance of right. certain technologies and stuff? And I think it's all about how much effort are you willing to put yes. to show that you can make it, right? And I think your whole story speaks to that. that mm. Nothing was handed to you, yeah. but you had to work really hard and hustle very hard, but still you always had that dream and, and right. kind of, like you said, um, persistence, right? Like to right. keep on pushing that, that confidence, right? Like as well, like on, on yourself, they're like, I, I can make it, you know what I mean? Like I don't know when or right. where that's gonna exactly happen, but now you have an amazing wife, you just yeah. graduated. I mean, life is just starting, right? Like how yeah. do you feel that? Like I'd love yeah, I definitely do. I I feel successful to an extent, but I'm excited to see what else comes next, right? Like now that I'm over this one part, this one summit, like there's always another taller mountain that mm -hmm. I need to climb. So I'm very, very excited to start work, to start discovering what becoming an engineer is and finding another mountain, finding something else that I can persevere and be successful as an engineer. That's fantastic. Well, Jose, thank you so much for being with us today. And I hope you guys at home have enjoyed listening to Jose's story as much as I did. If you have any questions, we'll drop by Jose's email as well if you want to send him any questions. But thank you so much. It was a great pleasure talking with you, Jose. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. Yeah, thank you so much.